The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day guys, welcome to the show. This is Summer Helene. We are on with Paul Michael Bolin, who you'll always get a kick out of, and I always get the best marijuana questions for. Um, to I'm the guy that wrote in, <laughs> yeah, he's still learning. To the guy that wrote in last week to ask if uh, I smoke pot. No, no, I don't. Um, if if I did, the world would probably be a funnier place. We've got a couple of things we want to talk about today. We're going to be talking with uh, JC. I believe it's JC. Uh, JC Lee, Stan Lee's daughter. We're going to be talking a little bit about fame and growing up in the spotlight. But to begin with, um, I'd love to start with something Paul was talking about and kind of how fame overshadows. And then I'm going to bring on Alexis and we're going to talk about relationships or failing relationships in Hollywood. But first, I'd tell, what were you, can you tell everyone what you told me during the break about Corey Feldman? Well, somehow the people over at, I, it was a morning show, I think it was Good Day LA maybe, or maybe even Good Morning America, but how somebody allowed a horrifying shit show uh, <laughs> to be aired. If anybody has seen the Corey Feldman video of his song, which I'm currently uh, looking up as we speak. Was he rapping? Wanna... What was he doing? He was singing and doing some sort of weird Michael Jackson-esque interpretive dance. I'm not kidding. I really that, wish I was. I, you know, people, if, if you've got a name, people will pay anything to see you. It's, it's just the rules. Today Show. It was on the Today Show. So, guys, check out Corey Feldman on the Today Show. Yeah, it's called um, Go Paris- For It. <laughs> hmm? Go For It is the name of the song. Uh, it's currently on YouTube. I don't know how long it'll stay up, but uh, it's there. And I'm just like, huh. Well, go for it, guys, and watch Corey Feldman go for it and tell us what you think. I'm going to make that our question for the week. What do you think about celebrities changing jobs, changing what they do, using their fame to capitalize, move in a different direction? Do you think it works well for them? Do you think it works poorly? Tell me what you think. You can win two free ATV rides over at Offer Rentals in Palm Springs, California. And I do want to give a quick shout-out to Scott Haskin for that beautiful, beautiful music. Thank you. I love my intro music. Um, And I'm going to welcome on Alexis because I know after the first break, we are going to have JC Lee on. So, Alexis, welcome. Hello. 
For those of you that don't know, (laughs) Alexis is my terrifying dominatrix assistant who is basically a human pit bull that keeps everybody away. She's, but she is incredible. She produces shows of her own. She produces a ton of stuff. She is, she's really, I mean, her own little force to be reckoned with. Shouldn't call her little. She's taller than I am, but she's, she's her own force to be reckoned with. Um, Alexis, I, I dragged you on because this, we decided this was a last minute thing. Um, something I don't touch on, you know, I don't have much of a love life. How's yours, Paul? Non-existent. Non-existent. Hollywood kind of... (laughs) Yes, coupon. Hollywood kind of takes over. Um, I've dated very, very famous men. I've dated men outside the industry. And Alexis actually just broke up with a guy who was not in the industry. But she's having a lot of trouble coping with it. And what, what is it like for you, Alexis, to date, to be so entrenched in the industry and to date? I mean, kind of give, give the listeners here a warning. Well, dating is almost non-existent if there is anything. Um, when you are dating outside of the entertainment industry, there's a lot of... You cannot discuss what's going on in your work life, which is usually a main factor of, you know, everybody likes to be in a relationship so they can talk with the person when they get home to tell them how bad their day was or how great it was. And there's just so many aspects that you can't actually talk about because of the NDAs that you sign and because of having so much at stake. So communication becomes a little bit less and... Well, on, on, for you, I mean, you're handling this breakup um, about as badly as anyone can handle a breakup. You really did care for this guy, um, and he was outside the industry. You've dated inside the industry. You've dated outside of the industry. What do you think is yes. easier? Pardon? What do you think is easier, dating inside the industry or outside? I'm not sure, because... At- with either one, there's so much that comes with it. But I think with dating outside of the industry, they don't they have a lack of understanding. And they don't get it completely. They don't understand you have to have a red carpet, bo- carpet boyfriend. They don't understand so many aspects of it that it becomes difficult. They don't understand why they, you don't have time for them. And then becomes needy and... Can I ask what you mean by a red carpet boyfriend? A red carpet boyfriend is somebody that you do carpets with, not necessarily your boyfriend, um, but somebody that you do a lot of carpets with that. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that. But usually they have a boyfriend or girlfriend and you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, but you go to carpets together because you're running the same circles and you both have to go on them anyway. Um, So for you, Alexis, I mean, you're not, handling this breakup very very well because it was really your only reach or the only person you have any contact with that's outside of this industry yes oh that was very explanatory thank you what was it like for you you've you've been in this industry since you were 18 what is it what was it like for you taking that step out it's scary it's not knowing what to expect it's not knowing how to interact with the person because, like, you and I speak shorthand back and forth throughout the day. And people don't understand 
what this thing is, that thing over there. Let's come on, let's go. We got to go to that thing. We got to talk to the day. We've got to follow. Yep. And it's, I think there's a lack of understanding on all aspects of it. There's also, I don't know. I guess there's a lot of a lack of communication. There's a lack of understanding. There's not knowing what to expect and not knowing how to explain what to expect. What advice would you give for people that have a relationship and are in this industry or are looking at getting into a relationship and are in this industry? What would you say to them? Don't. Okay, let's try that again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, they want a relationship. What advice, what advice would you give someone, really? I mean, I get that this is all-consuming. Choose. Choose? Whether or not you have to choose what is more important to you. Because you can't necessarily pursue a relationship that the person wants 100% of your time. You can't devote that when you have to choose whether you want love or a relationship or a relationship or a career. Do you think that you can yeah, have both. the kind of career that you have where you're producing, you're assisting, you're working with executives, you're working with um, the creative types, you work sometimes 18, 20 hours in a day. I mean, no joke, the Alexis will work 18 hours straight. Um, do you find any understanding on that? No. You understand, if you're working outside of the industry, these people, they, if you do date somebody outside of the industry, usually they're working a nine-to-five job or that, you know, they have aspirations to be something completely different or no aspirations at all. And I think that was my biggest issue is I have aspirations, but I don't have time to devote to somebody that doesn't have aspirations. I don't know so if that makes any sense. And is it difficult for you to date? Um, realistically, you're on carpets, you're dealing with celebrities. Um, there is a certain amount of prestige with working in the entertainment industry, believe it or not, guys. Is it difficult for you to translate that? And do you think guys feel intimidated by that? You make more money than them, you travel more than them. I've, I've seen the men you date, you do. Um, I, is there. They say it's intimidating. I've had quite a few people think it's intimidating. Well, the real question is, you say, you know, you have to choose between a relationship and work. You want a relationship. I know you. You want the happily ever after. A lot of people do. And obviously, it's out there. But if you could give people three pieces of advice on having a relationship in Hollywood um, that you've learned, because I've, I've watched yours crash and burn and I mean that in the nicest way what advice would you give them well as it's been pointed out previously Hollywood couples you have one person that takes a back seat it's not putting both careers forward so yes you have to understand that there has to be a lack of aspirations on one end because that person is going to be taking over the personal aspects but person has to be the one that's willing to take on the relationship because if you're going to be putting devoting your time to a career you can't be devoting it to a career and also devoting it to a relationship that person's going to take on the majority of the relationship aspects so it's very much like um 
you spend money and time the same way. You only have so much time. If you've got 24 hours in a day, say you've got $24. If you put $18 towards working, those other six go to sleeping. So what happens with the relationship? You're not buying into it. So they have to be able to take on the majority of it or be willing to because and a lot of people aren't even willing to do that. And that's when people say relationships are 50-50. It's very true, but it's not 50-50 at all times. Sometimes it's 30-70 and the balance changes. So what you're saying when you talk about a relationship in Hollywood, you're saying that somebody else has to be willing to pick up the balance basically. Exactly. Now, for you, I, we, you're not coping well with this breakup. Um, do you think you could have salvaged the relationship without losing what you wanted? Do you think you could have really salvaged this relationship or really had this relationship without losing what you wanted? No. Why? It's all or nothing. And there was so much of a lack of understanding about what I do, why my time was consumed, and just so many aspects that went into it that I feel that I would have lost myself if I hadn't finished this relationship. Now, you ended this, and you actually ended it because for that reason, and I'm, I'm aware of that. Normally, for those of you that don't know, Alexis usually sticks to um, uh, very, very, very casual friendships. So, I tell you, for trying a relationship for you was a big deal. I mean, it was really, really a big deal. Um, why do you think you would have lost yourself had you continued? Because I didn't have the time to devote to that, and... It was so different of a person that I was with. It wasn't just, it was actually somebody I truly cared for. And I needed to pursue my career because had I continued with this relationship, I wouldn't have put in as much effort as needed. You, so you, the reward would have been you would have been paying off either you marry this man and that should pay off or you dump him, have a career and that should pay off. Yes, and I choose my career. That makes but sense. But it doesn't make That's, any less hard. And, and it's very true. And by the way, I know quite a few women um, who have done the opposite and left. I know quite a few men that have left. One of the best cases of that was John Reynolds worked for Steven Spielberg. He was married to Dev Ross. Dev Ross was the first female staff writer at Disney. Um, John actually gave it up to stay home with the kids. So it, it can be done, but it is difficult dating outside the industry. And they're still together. Um, Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell. There are lots of people in Hollywood bef- in front of and behind the camera. But you're right. It takes a lot of understanding and it's definitely, definitely difficult. And I thought this was a lovely segue. When we come back, we are going to be talking to J.C. Lee. She wrote a book. It's Stan Lee's Love Story. We're going to be talking a little bit more about Hollywood and love when we come right back. Alexis, thank you for sharing your story about Hollywood love. We're going to talk a little bit more about love in Hollywood. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with Paul Michael Bolin and my fabulous executive assistant, Alexis Romero. This is Behind the Scenes. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 
Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What voice guides your sexual needs and desires, yours or others? The Sexual Voice with host Jessica Ford is the show to lead you to a happier, healthier, and more fruitful sexual self. Let Jessica help you find your own unique voice to express sexual feelings, gain confidence, and to appreciate your own needs and desires. Listen live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. There is a sexual voice inside of everyone. Come discover yours. You count. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day guys, welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. I want to give a quick shout out again to Scott Haskin. Thank you for my beautiful intro music. I always love what you do. And I've got to announce the winner for last week that won Scott's mental sauna. We'll go through that at the end of the show. But right now, I'm very, very excited to bring my co-host, Paul Michael Bolan, back on. And very, very excited to introduce JC Lee. So JC Lee is... An incredible talent on her own. She wrote a book. It's a love story um, about her father, Stan Lee, who I have to say, I, I haven't met J.C. Lee. My assistant, Alexis, met her, said she was an incredibly lovely woman. I met Stan Lee through Lloyd Kaufman some years back. And I'm in talks right now about Marvel Zombies which is one of my favorites, and no one's supposed to know that because I'm also doing Newcomb High, so sh- those are big secrets. Not anymore. Well, they're supposed to be secrets. Okay. JC Lee, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi there. Now, I was talking to you a little bit in the break, and I loved what you had to say. We were talking about Hollywood, we were talking about romance, but we were talking about your dad and your mom, and... You made a comment about the woman behind the man, and that was incredibly inspirational for me. Can you share that with the audience? You know, sometimes my dad, I'm so blessed, he comes over to my booth. I just started a booth in um, selling my books uh, and also my hats, 
at, uh, it was brilliant enough at Stanley and Steve Wozniak's up north in uh, San Jose. And I was even on the stage, if you can believe it, for a moment with Steve and Stan. Oh, my gosh, how exciting, what a privilege. So they had their first one. And I was saying that often when my father stops by at my booth, I'm like thrilled and everyone I have, it's, I'm like a beetle. I've got the biggest amount of people and everyone's with the cameras and it's wonderful. And I'm like, Dad, they really want you. They're only tolerating me and it's as close as they can get. And we hug and we kiss and we chat for a moment and people take photos. And I'm aware that they do want him and that he's the loved genius, good guy, superhero. And, um, okay, back to my wonderful what, book, well, I can, Hope For can, You. Can I ask uh, a question? Stan Lee's love story. I, I, um, I do want to ask a question. Yes. What is, is, the, is what, the man, it, not, not do they want me not to interrupt. They, ta- you know, they enjoy this, I hope, as I really do, and I'd love to share I, that with you. But what they really would love would be my mother, because she's the woman who he said at the first moment... I'm going to marry her before they spoke, and he had another date at the modeling house. That's and he's the woman who he says, and I'm here, I want to die one minute before her. He doesn't want to even, and the love story is so phenomenal. He tolerates and he loves me, and I came out of her, as she says, and I'm his beautiful daughter. But um, his love for my mother is quite phenomenal. And I think everybody loves a good love story. And, and I, the fact I think they that do. she's been behind him and behind me and behind most of the people really indirectly or directly in this town. Uh, that's and that's so actually many people. very, very true. Was and it that's difficult? who they really, you know, they all want to be with Stan, but I'm hoping that I'll be able to share mother in the near future more. My well, father always said if I wanted to make money, if that had been my desire, I would have had her work. Because the woman's a writer, and she has, she'll be upset maybe. Forgive me, Mom, she doesn't like to be discussed. She's very British and refined and a very class act, obviously, highbrow. But she has three finished novels that are sitting there. And she wrote about people marrying out of gender and having children when they laughed at my mother at, at the head houses in New York City and said, Joan, tell me, who would ever wear a cashmere jogging suit? And no one would believe this. My mother is the re- real, not only woman, behind my father and me, but she likes to keep me very private. I'm her only. And um, I thank her for that. And, I think that's um, But is behind it- my father, yes. Is, is it difficult for you? And on your own, um, I do want to go back to your mom, but I, I want to talk about you. You are a very, very talented That woman. makes me nervous already. I'm you're sorry. Talented, but but it's, it's you who I want to talk very about. Good um, you're, you're a very talented woman yourself. Mm. You have your own following. You're obviously a very talented writer. You're very, very personable. Wait, uh, is oh, thank it, you. Is it difficult for you growing up with... Your dad. You know, um, when I've you said I'm a talented writer, I want to say, oh, you know, and which movie you discussing that didn't have my name attached? But I said, don't write anything negative. I think when your father doesn't own his characters and hasn't gotten a, you know, let me leave it at that as his most favorite. I, I do believe that I've seen more movies in Hollywood and TV shows that I'm the reason 
and I haven't seen a dollar. So when and you that, mention that, you get me most upset. Did I write I, the book? Forgive me. I did. And, um, you know, I love writing, and I've just, I'm writing now, my hacker's over here, forgive me for calling him that, but everyone needs someone, I, it's not my specialty, computers, wires, I'm very course. much my father's greatest creation, and I'm incredibly sensitive, much more than any human needs to be. So I, quite frankly, am very surprised when I walk down the street and light bulbs don't break around me. Because I, I was looking at a ring yesterday. I had to um, empty a vault in a bank, if you can imagine. And if I had gone, if I had been out of town traveling now, or living in San Francisco, which I am a bit now, I'd be, I wouldn't have known and what would have happened to it. And in the, in the box was a little ring. And it was, by, it was with a guy who wanted me to work for him for a moment, called Yuri Geller. And I don't know if you remember him, but he did the Michael Jackson. He did, it wasn't very, but he did a, a movie with him, and he was a bender of things. And I saw a little Tiffany ring, and it was a wedding band. And he said to me, touch it. And I touched it, and it touched it, and it bent. Amazing. So life is so magical. Forgive me for sharing that. Oh, I, I appreciate it. It's so magical and mystical, and he wanted to, me to work with him, and I didn't, and he asked me three very interesting questions. And I never answered them because I thought if you're so much, you know, the alien or the magician, you don't already know the answer. <laughs> but everyone, everyone at the table watched as he sat down, everything bent on the table. So, you know, people are, it's, life is so interesting. And where my father has tapped into with the superhero experience is so interesting, and his love well, experience, so interesting. Your father, your father changed the world. I mean, that's he that's did. the only way to put it. I've worked on his films. Or, or films. I shouldn't call them his Forgive films. Forgive me for talking because so these much, were films much where more he got fucked. And I've had a much I'm, I'm more colorful like time. That. Excuse me, go on. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I've worked on films. I shouldn't say yes. that they're your father's films because flat out they're films where your father got fucked. There were characters got pulled away and things like that. Guardians uh, of the Galaxy, uh, darling, things like that. where I, is the surprise? Forgive me, I'm to do nothing negative and say nothing negative. I was just with an artist in a panel, and the artist was discussing how he tried to change Spider-Man from red to blue. I'm still fuming. I would have killed and him. And then discussed with the panel how it should never have been the way my father did it. And he had meetings. God knows how much money he spent and the company spent to try and make it that my father was wrong and he yeah. knew how it should have happened. Do you well, know how the, I felt Your father there? is one of the greatest creative geniuses Honey, my alive father on is a this genius. planet. Period. A genius. And, you Absolutely. know, the, he wouldn't wear a gold watch if he had to. And he no. works the way he works for my mother and for me and for his fans. And I just want to say something, that my father came up with a new uh, passion, and it's called a pin called Respect, and it's handsofrespect.com. And what happened was, we were ha I'm, as I said, I'm rather spiritual myself, and I wish I was a little more like you young girls with the all, being all that, all that. Uh, oh, lucky you, I'm, lucky you I'm not, not young right now. You are very close in age. I've seen, I've seen photos. You're close. I'm, I'm about 30. Stop. You're I not thank much you. older than Let me. Let me just finish for a moment. So it was a terrible week, and thank you so much for listening. You're, as I said, you're very talented, and you're much more interesting. But I saw my father, it was a very bad week as far as the deaths, 
there was fires, there was um, the terrorism. It was just, you know, I could start crying thinking about it now. And my father, as we all did, suffered through it. And being the sensitive man he is, my father says he would love to be president. And if right now he was not at the age he is, he would actually run to be president. So my father now is on another mission, even though his partner is in China and he's doing new movies, new, he's doing more new work than anyone has an idea of. New work he is writing. But he still would love to be president because we're so screwed up. And it's so not about love, which that book is about, and how my father feels about his fans. Now, I hate to say it, but I left a movie, and it wasn't that not recent. And I said, Dad, do you think that these movies are doing good for society and are helping? What did he say? And, you know, he shook his head being the humble, wonderful man. I don't like speaking for him, but, of course, being the genius and neutral and just the good guy, he said, I don't know. And that was it. And when my father and I really hit flash, it is faster than a flash of, but I don't know. And so now, after all that's going on, there's too much clatter. There's too much noise. It started off pure. It started off the good guy won. It's terrible. I'm not a politician. I'm a patriot. And this is terrible. So now my father's come out with a pin. Forgive me, I'm an actor and an artist. And I think it's just, you know, I love our country and I love our people. And um, I think it's just terrible, the rhetoric and what's going on. So my father feeling it as well uh, and being the wonderful man and businessman he is in his own business that he chooses, he, um, I just mean to say that I don't mean to talk to him as far as that, and we all know about the business, what that's been about for him. But um, he's still, we're still all here. And he, um, he came out with a, spin, a pin called Respect. And, you know, I said, how did you fi- figure out the black hand above the white hand? And who, how did you figure out? But it's a black hand and a white hand in a wet handlock. And it's about Respect. And no one should be calling each other names. And I don't want to mention, want to mention I don't want to mention a certain name because it will be political because we're set on a certain team. But don't call me names and don't call other people names. And I'm an independent and I'll vote or I won't vote. But don't go. Everyone stop it. Let's have some respect. Respect is love. And I did a book, It's All About Love. And if you're such a Stan Lee fan, go read about love. Go read about people in their mid-90s who were giving you... Do you know how many people my father made? Filthy, rich, millionaires built. And he's out there. What do you think he's out there doing? And me. I have an Escalade wrapped. I have to pay a driver. I have a TV. Do you think me, with those few books... I'm there for the fans because they're giving me hope in people. They're giving me faith. And I don't believe there's one in or ten autistic children. I believe there's one in five or four. I think with the air, the water, the lettuce, the green, everything, 
I think there's more disturbed little children that shouldn't be. And I see their mothers, and people come to me and they cry, and they laugh, and I try and find out who everyone is, because my father doesn't have the time, or he had to deliver every fan mail. He doesn't have the time. And I do for the time I'm there, and I want to know them. I want to know they cook for the military. I want to know their autistic kid didn't leave the bed for four days until they said he's coming. I want to know the the good he's done in the world and the good that you're doing. Well, it's important. And I'm very upset that I moved. I have a beautiful pier to stay in San Francisco. And I'm very upset that a town with that much money and those brilliant, brilliant texts that they would have people. I saw someone wiping their butt on the street across from Macy's and Barney's. I should never have seen that. I couldn't leave the house. My father had to get me out of the apartment, the broom closet. I couldn't leave. People should not be doing that, and not when there's that wealth up there. Get them all up. Pick them up. Build your barracks. I mean, shoot, give me the money that's due my father and me, and I'll do it. It's disgusting. And the germs. I mean, the whole country, it needs a healing it needs to stop calling each other names. And it sounds like you're an incredibly other. empathetic person. Well, yeah. my family are a family of artists. If my, my father wasn't about the money, he could have bought the company ten times. Are you kidding? He was about the work and the fans. There wasn't enough time. It's enough he does what he does. He's got power entertainment. He's got China. You think my father isn't working? I'm exhausted watching him. He goes to a Comic-Con every week. He'll be in Washington this week. He was in Oregon last week. He's going to Tennessee next week. And then he's in the office by 9 o'clock in the morning. Now he's 94. Who's doing that? Who? I have, I have to share with you. I met your father through Lloyd Kaufman, who runs Tromart's a company guy, in New York. brother. Many, many years ago. And your father is one of the kindest, gentlest people I've ever dealt with. It was never about the money. It was never about the greed. And now he wishes it was. Or more. He'll say it. And let me tell you, they're doing it. Maybe I shouldn't share it. But no one ever worked with my father. So you know. I hope it's not 6 million viewers. I hope it's 20, 50 million my father is a control freak and a one-man to act. No one ever told my father. He told everyone. And he said, the only reason why I let it happen was I was kind and generous. He never had anyone. If an artist or an editor or a writer said, Stan, I wanted to be blue. You know what Stan said? Do it red. Now, I am his greatest creation, and I write. And I have a manuscript that's 850 pages in front of me. And my hacker, and I said, should we print it all out today? And my mother is quite curious to read it. So um, I'm just saying that, uh, I don't know why I mentioned it, but it's, it's really my, living with my father and my mother. I said last night, as my mother and I sang A Foggy Day in London Town and various songs on the phone. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I wish I was taping this. Um, it has been such a privilege. 
It has what been was it, such a love what was story. It I hope like you guys growing do up buy with the this, book. Hmm? What was it like growing up with a superstar Brilliant. as a father? There was no one and more beautiful. I've, Brilliant. Brilliant. There was, my father was the most beautiful and my mother in the entire town. And when they went to New York, the doors opened. My mother was the most glamorous. She, had, she terrified his family and all the conservative, um, the, not conservative, but I'm just saying all the people on his side of the family who um, I didn't mean to mention a name. I'm just saying that my mother was a Kim Kardashian, not to mention her name before the time. She, um, she hoped to have had more children. My daughter, uh, my daughter, listen to that. My sister, unfortunately, passed away after three days, and she couldn't have more. And read the book, and you'll find out the stories. But um, the bottom line is that it was the most brilliant experience. I was telling my mom last night, I wouldn't change one minute. I mean, I, I thought I'd be married to this one. I thought I loved that one first. I blah, blah, I did a whatever, thinking it was mine and my husband-to-be, but I've been married to the most, it's the most creative family, I think, probably in the world that are living right now. I would, I would have to agree with you there. Yeah, you know, and I've loved every moment, and even the moments that were, seemed negative to the world or whatever, my father or whatever, they needed to get it out for a future superhero or a comic he was writing at the time or whatever. But everyone we've just embraced and loved our lives so. And even now at their age, and my mother, unfortunately, a bad back's a bad back, and I can have one because of my large paintings. I paint as well. But, um, you know, even through it, we laugh and we're so happy because we're the Lees and we have each other, and it's been a great love story. Now, I'd like you to tell everyone, we're coming to the end of this segment, and I so Please. appreciate you being on the show. I so Please tell everyone where I'd they like can to hear get your, your book. Story. Hmm? Please tell everyone where they can get your book. Please. I have a company called Fatsalagata. F-A-T-S-A-L-A-G-A-T-A dot com. Fatsalagata dot com. And um, it's called, it's all about love, a Stanley story. And uh, I also sell hats, Excelsior. And they're all sold out now. So whoever bought one, you really got an original. And if they're signed, they're really valuable because Dad signs them as well as he does the books and my mother. So they become really valuable. But um, FatsLagata.com. And um, I love you guys, and I hope to see you at the future Comic-Con. Stanley's Kamikaze is coming up uh, a Halloween weekend in Los Angeles. And um, God bless we actually you. God bless America. Talk about comic- we talk about Kamikaze a lot here because I go, I've been one of his speakers and do those sort of things. So when you guys get a chance, go to Fatsa Legata. Am I pronouncing that right? Fatsa Legata, you got it. Yes, I got it right. Go to FatsLagata.com. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. And, and read this book. It is an amazing, amazing story. Stanley's it's love one, story. It, it's, it's all really about love. Story. And guys, it is all about love. Thank you thank so you. much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Bye. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys, we are going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about love in Hollywood.
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for you with Arvind Vora weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to the Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with Paul Michael Bolin. My assistant, Alexis Romero, is back on. And again, I want to give a shout-out and a thank you to JC Lee. I've had in my lifetime the pleasure of knowing Stan Lee. He is a truly kind, generous, wonderful, wonderful man um, and a very empathetic soul. And I think his daughter is too. And I think that that's really a gift to be that empathetic. You don't see a lot of empathy in the film industry. So I think that's a really, really nice change. I wish I'd had the pleasure of meeting um, JC's mother. I have not. But I can say that Stanley is one of the kindest people I've ever met and his daughter is definitely one of the most empathetic. If you guys get a chance to read that book, it is a Hollywood love story and we are going to be back talking a little bit more about love in Hollywood. Alexis, welcome back to the show. Hello, again. So... You, you're basically our test dummy um, because I can make you get on the show. No, I'm kidding. I can't. No, um, be, because <laughs> we can drag you on the show and talk about and talk about love. Now, when you look at Stan Lee, his marriage is the exception, not the rule. You look at Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell, exception, not the rule. Um, 
even Hugh Jackman, exception, not the rule. Hollywood does not have a good track record with relationships. And I think that's part of what is so fascinating about J.C. Lee's story is that she does come from, you know, her parents have a really strong marriage. Do you think that's possible? They obviously followed what I'm going to call the Alexis rule, which means one person stands to the back and propels the other one forward. That's the Alexis rule now, is it? That's the Alexis rule. Um, Do you think there's a way that two people in the industry can both have careers? I mean, Goldie Horn backed off. Can, can, Can you guys name a couple where both of them stood in the spotlight? I don't know, because even you have uh, Kim Kardashian, and <laughs> I don't... That I hate doesn't count. That's not, that, that's, we're not talking about Kim, the, the, the Kardashians or their crazy-ass family. I know, um, but that's the only one that I can think of that, no, I don't think it is possible. I think it is, you? somebody has to step down at one point for the one to excel. I guess you could just kind of I leapfrog it, I guess. Somebody gets ahead, and then the other person steps back and jumps ahead. But that's still—that's still taking time. I'm asking, what do you think, Paul? I don't know. I haven't had very—I haven't had much luck with relationships out of here. Period. So, not really the best one to ask. Do you think it's possible to have a good relationship in Hollywood? Well, yeah, I've seen them. You know. I know that, but people say they've seen unicorns too. I mean, let's face it, a relationship in Hollywood is basically a unicorn. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I'm not going to disagree with that. That they, they have, uh, they are what they are, and you know, you know, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's, uh, it, it has been possible. We look at them, uh, but I mean, is that? Uh, indicative of everything else that's going on too is everybody having problems with relationships I know we have our own special sets sets being the you know we can't be as open or the amount of time that we have to spend on our jobs I think I think everyone does have a, a, a different set of st- circumstances um, and I'm sure in you know in any job that's that's time consuming and any career that you're really pushing for that have similar problems to the entertainment industry. But when you look at relationships in the entertainment industry, I mean you have Britney Spears whirlwind seventy two hour marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean probably it's, a lot of love in that. You know. Well, there's I'm, I'm just saying we tend to take it to the extreme. It seems. Yeah, I hope I mean, they would have at least a lot of sex in those 72 hours. There wasn't a lot of love. I, well, according to them, there was no sex. Um, that's why they got the annulment. What's the point of it? Yeah. <laughs> well, he got to be married to Britney Spears, but then again, she married Kevin, Kevin Federline, so it's not like setting the bar really high. It's Britney Spears. You can't really set it high either way. Hey, she's a very nice woman. Thank you very much. I like her. But you're right. Relationship-wise, she's a train wreck. Do you think... Now, I'm going to ask you, Paul. Have you you've dated inside the entertainment industry? I have. How'd that go for you? Was it more or less successful than outside the entertainment industry? I don't know. I mean, I seem to wind up falling in with uh, younger girls who 
eventually outgrow me as it is, so who's the fault there, me or them? Why do you fall in with younger girls? Now, now we're going to psychoanalyze well, Paul. A, Everyone get your pens. Because I'm a big, dumb male. That's why. And are these girls at the beginning of their career? Are they looking to take a boost off of you? Or are they genuinely interested in you? Some, it's hard to say sometimes. You know, I've, I've had it where they generally did took, but then their life or career took them away from one another. You know, we go, you know, and then, of course, you know, when you're on a set, there is kind of a, uh, it's kind of an incestuous thing that happens on a set. Yep. Set and uh, you know. I, you want to explain I, to the to the listeners what you mean by that, so they don't uh, think we're you know screwing up. Kind of their own little orgy. So yeah, you know, how it works. And when you say younger girls, we mean over eighteen. Just wanted to clarify that. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> These girls are definitely legal, but yeah, it, it is definitely a problem um, on set because you are trapped in almost a bubble that becomes your dating world and then you guys move on to other projects and it ends. And that happens with a lot of relationships. Everyone was betting Channing Tatum's would end up that way because he met her on the set of the dance movie that he did. Yeah, where she was the star and he was the co-star, but now he's huge. Exactly. But they stayed together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did that, uh, uh, what's that, uh, lip sync uh, thing together? Battle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and his clearly won, but he was totally saying that his, that his wife was the better, better, like because he wanted to go home and sleep well that night. <laughs> that, Which he admitted I think that, also. I think that is something that rings true, whether you're in Hollywood or out of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Happy wife, happy life. Piss off yeah. your girlfriend, you're sleeping on the curb. Mm-hmm. I can say I've, I've dated, I'm, I'm not going to say names, but I've dated some very well-known men. I've dated men outside of the entertainment industry. And with the well-known men I've dated um, and men in the industry itself, they're very understanding of you not having enough time. But eventually you do drift apart. You just don't see each other. I, I went out with you know a couple of raiders. I've been out with... Um, cage fighters, wrestlers, actors, directors. And that's part of the reason everyone makes fun of, you know, people in Hollywood for screwing around. No one's doing anything. It's just we get a lot of first dates, I think is a good way of putting that. There are a lot of first dates because you don't really get to get to stay around for very long and people move on. And I tended um, to end things with the guys if I didn't think it was going to go somewhere. And I haven't done well dating men in Hollywood just for that reason. Because they're wrapped up in their career and my career is the most important, at least as far as I'm concerned. And I'm sure they feel the same way. What about you, Paul? I was distracted there for a second. Do you think dating in Hollywood, um, in in that micro bubble in that little, because it is, it's like a little micro bubble. Um, Do you think that makes things harder or easier? I mean, you're dating somebody that understands what you're doing. It makes it easier to get into it, but to prolong it, that's where the problems come into play. That's what I said. A lot of first dates. Everyone kind of makes fun of Taylor Swift. And I remember, you know, I've been out with a lot of guys. I wasn't touching them, didn't kiss them, didn't so much as poke them with a stick. I had a lot of first dates. 
But then I couldn't get a second date with them for three, four, five months. And it was because I was busy. What about you, Lex? You've dated music producers. You've dated all kinds of people. What are your thoughts? I think it's a lack of time that makes it very difficult. And I don't think it's something that can literally... I don't think it can last unless that person is willing to give it up. And if you have two people that are pursuing basically different aspects of the same goal, I don't think anybody has the time to give it and it's just going to fizzle off. I, I can see that. Well, speaking of no time to give, we have no time to give. We've got about four minutes left of the show. We have a new show that we're working on. I dragged, I, you guys know I dragged Felissa into it. We're working on Nukem High. We are working with Fire Talk and talking to Hulu and Netflix and trying to get a little funky with distribution for a new show called The Moxie Squad. It's going to be very, very interesting. We've got some awesome people on it. And then, of course, I'm dragging Paul into doing a film he's been trying to do for years mm. called Hitman. It is a brilliant premise. It is fantastic. And I'm going to make Paul make that movie. That's my new goal. I'm going to make Paul make that movie. Alexis, since you don't have a boyfriend anymore, you can too. And for those of you that are out there in Hollywood, don't Yay. get discouraged. Just because we couldn't keep it together doesn't mean you can't. I mean, look, I was going to say look at Will and Jada Smith, but Jada kind of gave it up. So did Tom Hanks' wife. Okay, so one of you, if you're going to be together and you're in Hollywood, one of you's kind of got to give it up for the family if you want a family. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. If you're in Hollywood, please write it. Yeah. If, if you have a successful career in Hollywood, write in because Alexis needs a date. Kidding. Um, if you work in Hollywood and you've <laughs> actually made it work with someone else in Hollywood and you've managed to keep both careers afloat, I'd love to hear from you because I would love to hear a different perspective. Thank you very, very much for joining us. I'm Summer Helene. We were on with Paul Michael Boland, my assistant, Alexis Romero. I know this show was a little bit different, but next week mm -hmm. we will be back. Thank you for joining us on Behind the Scenes. Good Thank night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.